The Talking Point with Kathy Motlatana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. It's 6 after 10 o'clock. Welcome to the second hour of the show. Of course, it's a Tuesday, so um, every Tuesday this hour we talk finance. And it's finally finance with Brian Hirsch again. Should I say guess who's back? Yeah, <laughs> back again. And, re- and rearing to go. <laughs> Fully energized and I can tell you. Uh, it's, it's terrible when you, lose, when you suddenly become totally, uh, totally um, incapacitated and you, you, lose, yeah. you lose, you know, I've always been a very energetic person. Okay, Brian, I don't know about totally incapacitated. I feel like that's a bit of a stretch. You know, but energy, you lose energy. Yes, God gave yes. me a great gift. Power of positive thinking and energy. Yeah, well, it's great to have you back in studio. In a moment, we'll get into talking finance with Brian today. Uh, We're talking about tax. Oh, the tax man. Of course, this is something that we have to be mindful of, especially when we're taking up investments. Patrick, my technical director, is nodding his head. Uh, he looks like he owes the, the the tax man something. We need to get SARS in here. Somebody call Edward Kieswitter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take some of your WhatsApp voice notes and then we'll talk finance with Brian Hirsch. Good morning, Kathy, here as of the station. You see here at Edward P100 on the off-ramp of P716 is, is closed uh, since yesterday. Uh, it's an unabated uh, thing. Today, they closed again the community there. They're protesting about the uh, poor maintenance of uh, P716. But I'm shocked now. People are keep on protesting to ANC. ANC is a very sick horse. How can you flog a very sick horse here in, in, in this province? I don't know. Tosi from Inanda. Bye. Hi, Kefi. Nakedie from Krugersdorp. Uh, Kefi, my view ne, is that uh, while we're going on uh, creating these uh, coalitions, let's uh, make sure that uh, the coalitions themselves, they do not uh, do away with what the people have said. Because if people decide to vote for the ANC in majority, it means they want the ANC to govern a particular local municipality, a particular province, or at national. So if coalitions now comes in, it means the will of the people is uh, gone against by that coalition. Thank you. Sis Kathy, good morning and to your crew. Why can the ministers uh, say that they are afraid because majority of them they are going to lose the positions? So you must not say, nah, people, you are pushing this agenda of coalition. The writing is on the wall. ANC will be out of power after these elections. Hi, Kathy, how are you? Uh, anonymous here from KZN. So, you know, it is very important that the, the government and all other parties uh, come together uh, for them to actually try and understand what it is that needs to be done 
for a coalition government to function because the truth of the matter is that whether we like it or not whether it be in this election or in the next election we are going to have a coalition government that is inevitable so our our party leaders should actually take this opportunity and sometime during the course of this of, of the of the government go and study what makes a coalition government works thank you the talking point with kathimo sasana weekdays 9 a.m till midday talking finance with brian hirsch making sense of your finance oh brian it's not the best time of the year hey the tax year end is looming 29th of february this year is a leap year we've got an extra day that's that's literally like in the in the next three weeks yeah well, well, let, let's understand. You, there's certain things you can do prior to the end of the tax year. Okay. People need to start collecting their tax documents together, need to fully understand what their provisional tax payment is, what capital gains they may have incurred in 2023-24, what expenses they've got. They've got to talk to their accountants. They've got to make sure that they make the correct payment at the end of February. Uh, those who are... Uh, single earners, where you don't you don't have to worry about that, but certainly those who've got multiple sources of income, you need to be thinking very carefully. And one of the things I wanted to discuss this morning is to revisit ways of savings tax and also explaining the difference between a retirement annuity where you can save tax and a tax-free savings account. There's a very big difference between the two components. All right, let's get straight into it. Well, very simply... Whatever you contribute to a retirement annuity, and let's understand, a retirement annuity is your own personal savings plan providing for further savings over and above anything else you've got at retirement. And a retirement annuity is very simply contributing to retirement annuity. You can make a contribution to enhance your funds at retirement. Uh, the big advantage is under retirement annuity is that it, whatever you contribute as at the 29th of February this year, you will get a full tax deduction for the 12 months. There are limits. You're limited to 27.5% in total, which means all pension contributions, whether it be your pension fund or retirement annuity, and a limit of 350000 But to give you an example, someone earning around about 30000 if they make a contribution to a retirement annuity of 10,000 Rand, they will get a tax saving of 26%. So it'll only cost them 7,400. 7, someone earning in the 40,000 will get a 31% tax deduction. Someone at 50,000 will get a 35% tax deduction with a maximum tax deduction of 45% at the highest level of earnings. So a tax deduction on what, Brian? On, on that the contribution. Savings, on on the... that contribution. Okay. Whatever okay. you contribute to retirement duty. Uh, the South African government really wants workers to save money for retirement. And so this concession has been going on, not at the same level, but right back into the 60s. One of the main reasons is to reduce the burden on government by uh, allowing individuals. So how does it work? One needs to decide how much one's got available to contribute to retirement annuity. 
you can enter into what I call a single premium. You don't commit to any future premiums, just a single premium before the 28th, 29th of February. I've given the tax the, the, the tax components. You can and 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 you, you you're really buying a room. A retirement fund is a room from one of the institutions, whether it be Investec, Coronation, Liberty Life, Old Mutual. Uh, they'll charge you somewhere around about half a percent for making use of that structure. You can then invest the funds in numerous strategies, and it doesn't matter which company you're going to, because most of them have open architecture, which allows you to invest in unit trusts. You're allowed a certain percentage to go offshore. You're allowed a certain amount in terms of how much you can put into equities, whether it be Satrix or unit trust. Um, you can then go to your salaries department and let your salaries department know that you've made this contribution. They will adjust your tax uh, deduction uh, that they deduct from your earnings on PAYE or whatever the case may be. You then make that investment. If you are unable to make a single payment by the end of February, then you can start in March on a monthly basis so that in 12 months' time you've made a full contribution. The advantage is you're actually getting that tax saving, but that's not the be-all and end-all of a retirement year. Retirement is about ways of increasing your savings at retirement. There's a big difference between tax-free savings and retirement annuity because retirement annuity, the contribution you make, is before you actually uh, pay t- your, before your, there's tax deducted, whereas tax-free savings comes from money that's already been taxed. And the, both, both components, whether it be a tax-free savings, where you've got a level of 36,000 rand a year, up to a maximum of 500,000 in lifetime, both components have no tax in the build-up of the fund. So, Kathy, when you put money into retirement annuity or tax-free savings, if you do it without using tax-free savings, you will pay tax on any gain on a fund, normally, excluding retirement annuity and tax-free saving. You'll pay dividends tax. You'll pay tax on any interest, whereas in tax-free savings and retirement annuity, there is no tax levied in the fund to any governmental or tax structure. It's all before tax. At at retirement, yes, under tax-free savings, it's all cash. But remember, you haven't had a tax deduction of 36,000 because you've used 36,000 of after-tax earnings. Under retirement duty at retirement, you can only take one-third in cash, and there's a limit. Uh, The one-third, you get the first 550,000 rand tax-free, but that's at the retirement stage. The balance has to buy you a pension. Your earnings should be a lot less at retirement than during your working life because retirement normally, you know, firstly, there are other benefits that you do get at retirement uh, in terms of tax deductions. But normally people have got less earnings at retirement because you've got a home, you should have a home paid for debt, no debt and a good healthcare program. And then there's, there's all things. So I think a wonderful way of saving for tax is by contributing to retirement annuity. There's another, one other point. For people who've never made use of the 550,000 rand tax-free at retirement, so they've never been retrenched, they've never had a retirement fund, they've never had a pension fund, there are wonderful ways of investing in a retirement annuity before the end of February as a single payment, where if you invest under 247500 mm-hmm. 
and you get a tax deduction. In the month of April, you can actually draw the whole 247000 under tax-free, tax-free, because you haven't used the 550. So for those in those who are in retirement and have never made use, there's, speak to your financial advisor because there's a wonderful way of, of accessing that 550,000 over the next two to three years tax that is tax-free, that there's no tax payable. So if you've got a high income in retirement, you can get the deduction and when you and you can draw the money out a couple of months later over the next each year that you make the contribution and get that tax savings. Oh, I see. Yeah, so, it's so, quite so, complicated. So, 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 is that something that you'd have to do on a continuous basis? No, now? single or premium. Is, okay. Yeah. Is, is there so, so, yeah. and and remember, when you invest in a retirement annuity, you're entitled to draw. If it's under two hundred and forty-seven thousand five hundred, mm-hmm. you can draw it all out in cash. And if you haven't made use of the 550, then that 247,000 would be tax-free. So you would not invest with one company. You'd invest with two or three different companies so you could get the maximum cash and tax-free if you haven't made use of that 550. And so many people have not made use of that 550,000. They've just never had access to retirement duties or retirement savings. Talk to a financial planner. All right, I've got a couple of questions for you, Brian, but before I get into those, I see we've got a break coming up. Remember, we're talking finance with Brian Hirsch. It is the end of the tax year coming up at the end of February, and he's giving us some advice in terms of how we can work around um, savings, at least um, savings on tax. And I think an important distinction between um, retirement annuities versus your tax-free savings accounts. I think I've got uh, more to, questions to put to Brian. I'll, of course, also take your calls on 086 is the number to dial. On the WhatsApp voice note line, 0614 The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We continue the conversation with Brian Hirsch. So, Brian, my question to you is, when we, when, when you're sitting and you're looking at your income for the financial year, how do you calculate how much your um, retirement annuity contribution should be so that you're getting the maximum benefit of that tax-free saving? Okay, well, well most, most individuals can't, don't have enough money to contribute 27.5% with a maximum of 350,000 rand per annum. What you need to do is you need to calculate what have you earned this year. If you're a commission earner or anyone with a contract, you may have expenses. What is your income? And based on that, you're entitled to contribute up to 27.5% to a retirement fund. But that is high. I mean, if you're earning 1.2 million rand a year, that takes no, that takes you to 350. But I'm talking about individuals who may be earning 30,000, 40, 50,000 rand a month. They're already a member of a pension or provident fund, which means that comes off the 27.5%. But they've got they, they want to save tax, and at the same time, they want to 
save money for their retirement. So the prime reason of a retirement annuity is for retirement. It's not for saving tax. But the tax benefit is a, a cherry on the top that you're going to save the tax as well. So you need to do the calculations. You, you, you need to talk to accountants. What have I earned this year? What is my provisional? Because accountants are now sending out documents about what you've got to pay in terms of your provisional payment due at the 29th of February and calculate it if you want to save a bit of, instead of paying it all. To, so if your accountant tells you you've got to pay 50,000 Rand in, in, in provisional payment, work out if I make a contribution to a retirement annuity, how much less will I be paying to the receiver revenue because of the retirement annuity? So Brian, you know, I, I know we talk about accountants, but I want to know, are these calculations that I can take Saturday off for and sit down and make these calculations myself? Yeah, absolutely. You know what you've earned. You know what interest you've earned. Because remember, any interest income after the interest deduction, individuals over the age of 65, I think it's 34,500 Rand of interest, which is not taxable, under 65, I remember Brendan talking about it last Tuesday, was 22,800. So any interest you've earned, you can any capital gains tax you may have had in the year, and remember selling a share or unit trust or anything may have incurred capital gains, that gets added to your taxable income. If you're renting a property and after the deduction of expenses against the income, that's taxable. And and really, it's your, you know, the, the, it's your fault if you don't take advantage of the mm. concessions given by the receiver of revenue. Don't, you know, you, so you need to do homework. It's not just about paying tax. I got my forms yesterday. Uh, my, my accountant sent me, this is what my estimated income is, was lost based on last year. I'm now doing the calculations to see whether my income is lower or higher and whether I'll have to pay more. So, individuals again but individuals need to take control they need to empower themselves and work out what are they doing do they have any surplus funds and there's nothing better than having the receiver of revenue pay anything between 30 to 45 percent of your contribution so if you put 10,000 rand into retirement annuity and the receiver revenue is paying 40 it's only costing you 6,000 if you didn't have that, you would have given the receiver mm-hmm. revenue that extra four thousand rand. So, so if if I'm if I'm hearing you correctly, then Brian, what you're saying is, the best place to start is to look at your books and see what the provisional amount for tax will be, and after you've done that, then factor in a deduction based on a contribution. To a retirement annuity based on this 20%, 27% threshold. Yeah, correct. And then see the difference that it will make to your tax and then choose whether or not you're taking that money to into a retirement annuity or if you're actually just going to give Pay it all tax. to the tax man. Absolutely correct. Okay. You've summed it up. You, you couldn't, I, I couldn't have done better. Okay, at least Thank you. I'm, I'm improving there. My smartness Absolutely. is increasing. Your, a, your AI is unbelievable. <laughs> I don't know about unbelievable. I've got some questions for you, Brian. I'm going to start taking them here. Good morning, Brian. It's Nancy from KZN. I earn about 32,000 rands per month. And I have approximately 3 million rands in an RA. I'm already 65. Would you recommend I boost my RA at, by the end of February this year? 
You know, 32,000 32, rand a month, you're going to get a tax saving of around about 26. On the 3 million, you can draw one third when you retire. The one third that you retire, uh, the first 550,000 is tax free, then the next 200 taxed at 18%. So your cash, the one third is already going to be taxed at the high rate. And then when you get the, the one third in cash, the two thirds left being a 2 million rand, and you're going to buy a pension, you're going to pay tax on that pension. Um, I, I must tell you, I. I you know, at your, t- I would probably say no. Don't contribute more to retirement annuity because you're going to pay tax at the other end, and you're already already at that level, which I think is fantastic. So what you should be doing now, perhaps, is paying the extra tax for the year and then putting the balance into tax-free savings. Because within the tax-free savings account, you won't pay any tax on dividends. There'll be no capital gains tax. There'll no be ta- no tax on interest earnings, and it'll all come out up to 500,000 rand in, in your lifetime that you're allowed to contribute tax-free. So I would say, be, be, be in your particular case, because you've got a large amount going, your tax rate isn't that high, 32,000. And also because you're 65, you get an additional deduction. Everyone gets the primary deduction. You at age 65 get an additional deduction. So my, my, my best guess, but without understanding Anything else about your circumstances, I would say it, 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 it's, it's half a dozen of one and six of another. Rather, don't contribute to retirement duty at that level. And well done for doing the numbers. Yeah, yeah. And she's also done pretty well with yeah. the savings, eh? Yeah, yeah. Really, kudos to you. Well, you must remember, mm. if you take, you know, if you take a, what, the, what used to be called a defined benefit fund, which pension fund, which paid a mul- number of years of service multiplied by 2%. So if you're on a, on a scheme and you'd been with a company for 30 years, you'd get 60% of your final salary. So with this caller has got 3 million rand in the fund. If they buy a living annuity uh, of around about 6 7%, they would have a pension of around about 17 to 20,000 rand a month. Which is less than more than 60% of her earnings. So yes, yeah, yes. she's done well. But, she still, up, yeah, yeah, but yeah. remember, at age 65, you've still got years ahead of you. Because the two challenges are longevity and inflation. And retirement inflation is not 5%. How, retirement inflation is closer to 8%. How long would that? How, how long would she be able to live off that uh, retirement annuity? Well, the problem is when you, you've got a choice at retirement what type of pension you want to buy. Do you want to buy a fixed pension or do you want to buy a living annuity? A fixed pension is you give over to the company or a company, doesn't have to be the company that you've got your retirement with, you give over to them the capital and they will give you a pension for your lifetime. It could be a joint pension, husband and wife, their guarantees. Uh, whereas if you buy a living annuity, you take two risks. You have to make a call of how much you're going to draw and you have to make the risk of the underlying investment. Whereas a, in a life annuity, the insurance company just gives you an annuity based on the amount of money and your age. So and, and, and they do that based on life expectancy. So in this particular case, you've got to bear in mind that in 10 years' time, you need double what you need today. So at 65, I may need 20,000 rand a month. But
but at age 75, I'm going to need 40,000 rand a month. And how am I going to grow my capital and draw an income? So it's a proper financial plan that's needed. The question to me was a simple one. Would I put more into retirement? And I have 3 million rand already. And I'm saying no, because I'm going to get a tax deduction at 26%. And I'm going to pay close to that when I get, and I'm not going to get any additional benefit from the one-third in cash. All right. We'll continue the conversation with Brian in a moment. Um, It's time for your latest news update. Talking finance with Brian Hirsch, making sense of your finance. All right, we continue the conversation on the talking point or talking finance. Uh, so, Brian, just before we went to news, um, you were giving advice to our listener uh, on what to do and whether she should boost her retirement earnings. You say, no, that's not a good idea for her. She already has $3 million in her retirement annuity. What must she do with the money that she was going to use to boost her retirement annuity? Okay, pay the tax and then put the, the net amount into tax-free savings. You've got up to 36,000 rand a year. And depending on your years to retirement, because you said 65, but the caller never said whether when they want to retire, they're going to retire now or retire later. Depending on when, when they plan to retire depends on the investment strategy, how growth-orientated or how conservative does one, do, do one need to be, and that's where you need to consult with a financial planner. Brian, the tax-free savings account have have a limit of thirty six thousand, right? So if she's got forty thousand to save, what must she do with the with the rest? Okay, then she's going to put it into something a little bit more growth orientated, okay. so that she builds growth orientated. You need five years, so you've got your retirement fund, you've got your tax-free savings, and now you want to put money away. And we'll use her age being sixty-five. We want to put money away so that when I get into my seventies, I can boost my my, my 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 savings and draw more income. And therefore, she's got more than five years. She can be more growth orientated. I think that should go offshore. I think that should go into an exchange-traded fund. You can buy it from Satrix or Signia, and I think you should be linking that in again for the next five to seven years into a NASDAQ or S&P uh, or MSCI World Index, which gives you global equities, which includes what we call the Magnificent Seven, although there are a lot more than Magnificent Seven, and as well as getting the advantage if the RAND depreciates. And the RAND over the next five to 10 years, mm. like everything else, will, it has in the past, will depreciate. Fantastic. Thank you, Brian. Uh, let me take more questions for you. I want to kick it off with this question around um, Provident Fund payout. Casey, good morning. Good morning to, to, to Brad. Casey Saidia from Island Dublin. Casey, I resigned on my company uh, last year on November. Uh, um, she, so I was still waiting for my provident fund until now. Since last year, November, I, I don't know what's going on. When I phone these people, they say they're waiting. I don't know the deductive taxi, the directive, directive taxi from SAS. I don't know what. I don't know what is directive taxi. So I'm I'm just a bit stressed because now it's over than four months waiting for my uh, uh, my provident fund. If you can ask right, what is a directive taxi? I don't understand that. Okay, well, one thing you didn't make comment on is whether you're retiring or whether you're withdrawing from your from your provident fund. If you're withdrawing from the provident fund, the 
pension fund or provident fund is obliged to apply for a tax directive from revenue. You said at the end of November, uh, December was a no-no month and even the first two weeks of January. So you, you, it does take a little bit of time. Uh, revenue needs to now apply and work out wh- wh- what, what your tax rate will be. And under a provident fund, there's certain amounts up to 550,000 rand tax-free. The next 200,000 is taxed at 18%. So if you're not putting it in a preservation fund, if you're not moving it tax-neutrally to your own provident fund, which is called a provident fund preservation fund, they have to get a tax directive. It, you know, it does take anything. I, I, you said four months, but you resigned in November. We're now early February. Yeah, it looks like four months, but you can discount four to five weeks of, of, of that period of time of a lot of inactivity. So I would give it another week or two. Uh, if your taxes are all up to date, then they will they will apply the, 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 the formula. And if you're withdrawing, and, and if you're withdrawing, the first only 27,500 rand is tax-free. The balance up to 660,000 will be taxed at 18%. Anything above 200,000 above that at 27 and then 36%. So you need to think very carefully about if you're making withdrawal or whether you're going to put it into preservation fund or start withdrawing a retirement from it because the retirement formula and the tax amount payable on a retirement formula is different to mm. a withdrawal formula. You know, Brian, I've always wondered why with the provident funds there isn't a a provision for unemployment surely if 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 you have you know lost a job for whatever reason um there must be another uh, consideration or regime tax wise because the, the idea of 18% tax Twenty-seven percent and thirty-six if, and thirty-six percent. If you're still using the money just to help you get by between one job and the other, it does seem a bit unfair to me. Yes, but remember, you've had the deduction going in as a tax deduction. So, mm. because you've had the deduction going in, you've had that tax deduction as we spoke about a retirement fund. Yeah. At the other end, they they they're not encouraging you to withdraw; they're encouraging you to retire. And the retirement tables are very different. Remember, we've got the two pot system. Yes, that period, yes. uh, we'll know also a lot more about that between now and the 21st when we have the budget on the 21st. Whether apparently it's been a delay; it'll be the first September, not the first of March. The two pot system. So people will be able to start accessing but the tax is non-negotiable that's the way it goes we're giving you a deduction going in and you should and normally people are earning a lot more pre-retirement than retirement so you're going to get a deduction in at a higher a, a higher deduction you're going to get a roll up in the fund with no tax in the fund no dividends tax no capital gains tax no tax on interest no tax on any property rentals within the fund so everything's rolling up tax free mm-hmm. but at retirement we're going to give you 550,000 rand tax free and then we're going to stagger up so if you've got a, this lady's got a fund of 3 million she doesn't have to take the one third she could take 550,000 plus the 200 because only taxed at 18 percent and then invest the balance of 2.3 to give her a bigger pension and Ah. at age 65 you know at 25,000 rand a month your taxes are nowhere near than at retirement than when you're working 
You it, can't requires, it requires so much maneuvering. Well, you know, they say the only thing, two certain things, two, two certain things about life is death and taxes. Yeah, that's Well, I true. don't agree with that because time, one minute is still one minute and 60 minutes an hour is still an hour. That's the only thing that's never changed. And even with AI, it won't change. A, a minute will still be a minute. Uh, in fact, I've got some interesting trivia for you, Brian, from Shane in KZN. I think it's a nice one, so I'm just going to read it out. He um, says, salt was so precious during Roman times that the Roman soldiers were paid in salt. Hence the saying, he's worth his salt. The word is derived from the Latin word sal, hence salary. Uh, Roman soldiers got tired of being paid in salt. So Romans invented the tax system and inflicted it on the populace uh, that they invaded. Hence the saying, taxed to death. Interesting, right? Very interesting. <laughs> thanks, thanks for that, Shane. Um, I've got a question here from Denzel in Cape Town. It says, hi, Brian. If a lump sum of a father's pension is paid to the mother of his children, is it lawful that only the father must also pay tax on the lump sum paid to the mother or the children as maintenance? Kathy, just repeat that to me. You got, okay, you, I so got a bit lost. If, if a lump sum of the father's pension is paid to the mother of the children, is it lawful that only the father must pay tax on the lump sum that is paid um, to the children and the mother as maintenance? So it sounds like part of this, part of Denzel's pension may have been paid to. Can't be. The, to the mother, I don't know. The mother, the mother can only get the pension if something's happened to Denzel. So yeah. the individual, the person who retires, pays tax on the retirement or with the withdrawal tables. On death, if they're receiving a pension, mm. and then there's death, and on death under a living annuity, they have a choice of whether they want to take the cash and pay tax or continue with a type form of pension. So yes, the tax is levied on the individual who's the member of the Provident Fund, Pension Fund, or Retirement Annuity. And divorce? And? I'm, I'm asking in the instance of divorce. Well, it, with, well, that also changed now because it's part of the, a divorce arrangement, mm -hmm. and it's got it, and I must repeat this, it doesn't automatically happen. If you married in community property or there's an agreement on divorce to separate the pension, the pension, then it needs to be registered correctly. It needs to be recorded correctly in the divorce agreement. It needs to be recorded with the pension fund. And then the, the proceeds would be split between the two parties. And if the let's say it's a husband and the wife getting divorced and it's the husband pension, then the wife could take the pension and put it into a preservation fund that will be tax neutral. But if the wife takes the pension and then uh, uh, withdraws, mm -hmm. the wife will pay tax on that share of the pension. Okay. All right. Thanks for that, Brian. Um, another message. Good morning. I'm currently unemployed, but stand to get 150000 from sports betting. Okay. Should I invest or build backroom flats at my home and earn an income from that? Well, you know, if you go, you're not going to get much income 
from investing 150,000 because if you get, let's assume, let's say you put it in a money market account, you're going to get a thousand rand a month. Now you've got to say, if I do something on the back room and build some properties, and then what what will I get? Bearing in mind that the problem with renting property is always tenants' ability to pay rental and what other costs and tenants come and go, and there's maintenance. You need to do the numbers, but certainly it may be it, it may be much more profitable mm-hmm. to actually take the 150 and ex- expand the possibility. And if you know that you know the, the secret about any rental property is having a good tenant. Okay. So probably the probably. renting. Have a look at it, yeah. Yeah. All right, all right. There's your advice. But don't end Hope up that helps. but don't put hundred and fifty and then take a bond. Yes. Uh, although he, the, the individual said he's unemployed, mm. unlikely to get a bond. But don't start getting yourself into debt. Yeah. But you know, there are, there are a lot of properties where uh, where you know you can buy an old garage room that's been converted. And I've seen returns for a capital cost of a million, hundred thousand rand, of four thousand rand a month. Sure. So wow. you do do the numbers. Yeah, and and just make sure that there isn't a a, a back room protection racket where you live, because those ones are also causing um, quite a lot of trouble in in some communities. So just just be aware of it, because maybe you you build rooms elsewhere where you know that you can have full access. Uh, full access to to your monies, even maybe for for students. Patrick is saying um, that that is always a good idea because yeah. students always need accommodation. Yanusio in Cape Town. Good morning. Hi. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, Brian. Uh, morning, Yanusio. I I asked a question last time. I'm going to ask the same question. Uh, question to Brandon. I think he of course your or, or your worker uh, about will. And uh, she said that, that she doesn't have a, uh, much information about it. Why I'm, I'm asking again about it? Because I had a situation just now. One of our friends, her father, committed suicide, and uh, and uh, she has she got a terrible financial problem at the moment. And and it uh, looks like two years, and she doesn't have her money uh, yet from that uh, from that uh, you know from the will. Everything's complicated and postponed this and this. First of all, I would like to aware our listeners that it's not just like somebody died or it's easy. Next month you're going to get the money and your life can change. I think it's, it's a long process and uh, don't rely on this. So prepare yourself for the long, long, you know, delay with this money. And she's waiting for about 5 million rand from the house we, we, we can sell and uh, from the bank because her father had the money there. Uh, uh, and uh, the, prop- the point is that she cannot, uh, you know, take any money from the bank. Even she had access to that because everything is blocked. So, have you got any more information about how we can deal with this? And then, and is it normal that it can take two years, as your colleagues say, two years to, to solve the problem? Because we we are not in Switzerland. We cannot go to many of us cannot go to Switzerland and, and finish our life. Like you know, when you're sick or something like this, there is a permanent fine. You can do it, not in South Africa. So, and how can you help us? I know it's not perhaps also your, you are more in the insurances and that, but if you can help us, listeners, to make us aware what's happening. All right. You know, that is a problem when you're winding up in the state and there's a will and you need to appoint an executor and then the executor has to collect and collate all the document and information on that individual. So what I've always suggested is an insurance policy, a life policy 
where the individual, where the, the spouse is the beneficiary. It does not go through the estate. However, you've still got to provide the insurance company with death certificates and all the information they may require, and that could take a little bit longer. So that's why many people have a funeral policy to cover the cost of funeral. And then I always suggest that both parties, both spouses, have a bank account because it can take some time before letters of executives are received from the master. The master's office in many parts of South Africa is in a complete shambles, although there are new systems now that have been implemented. You can go online and get certain information, so that should speed up. But sometimes there are complications. There may be, there could be someone contesting the will. The will may not be in order. Um, you want to sell a property, you know, I don't need to tell you today, it's not easy to sell properties. Uh, the, the, uh, the master, you know, the executors, once appointed, can actually start to decide on how we sell this property in conjunction with the, the, the surviving spouse. But each party should have an, a bank account and a policy that you may have, a life policy, rather than make it in terms of your will or make it in terms of, uh, you know, um, in, uh, to... Uh, to my state, rather make the spouse the beneficiary, and they will be able to access those funds pretty quickly on the condition that there's no nothing suspicious about the death of the individual and that all the documentation, everything's about documentation today. Everything we do, every bank account, everything we want to do today, it's about providing the correct documentation. But it can be a problem while you wait for an estate to be wound up, because so often uh, executors will not release any money until they've got the, the, the L&D account confirmed and approved by the master to make sure that they are not going to be liable for any any outstanding taxes that may need to be paid. So have a, each party should have, a, should have an account. Each party should have investments that they can access in the event of premature death of one of the one of the one of the one of the spouses, and at the same time, uh, any insurance policies. There should be a beneficiary, and you know the spouse, the surviving spouse, should be that beneficiary of that policy. Thank you, thank you, Brian. Could it be more clear? Thank you very much. All right, Anush. Thank, thanks for calling in and thanks for that question. Um, we're going to take a quick break. I, I see we still got a few more uh, questions for you, Brian. So we'll continue with those on the other side of this break. It's worth good morning. How are you? Hi. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes, loud and clear. Morning, Mr. Moodley. Okay. Hello. Morning, Brian. Thanks very much uh, for a great show, especially for us guys that are heading towards retirement now, you know, it makes a lot of sense and some good advice. All right. So I just want to know, Brian, um, I'm like just past 67 now, semi-retired. Uh, so sometimes we come across some some spare cash and that's I'm still getting a bit of a salary. And I sometimes play around on the stock exchange, you know, put some money in there, but I see it really doesn't work too well. But I've also got an excess bond, which I'm thinking now, you know, one bond open. So is it is it better to to like play with your excess bond or look at other investments or stock exchange? What, what would be the best thing Mr. to do at this time? Just a question. When you say play with your excess bond, do you have a bond at the moment? I have got a bond, which is an excess, and it's linked to my thing. I can just move money out of that, put it back, whatever, you know? Yeah. But, but so are you thinking of actually accessing funds from this access, from this excess bond to make investments? 
no, no, no. No, no. Just to put it in there, because the bond rate that I'm paying now is between 10 and 11%. Yes. So, I don't know. So, yeah. do, you, do you have a bond? Yes, I have, yeah. And 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 when, when, when will that bond come to an end? Well, recently it was almost down, and then I just took out the whole lot and paid it to my vehicle. And I paid my vehicle, one of my vehicles off, you know? So... So the question is, I also tried, like, you know, uh, you know, just looking at, you know, when you do come across some extra cash, should we, should we okay. put it in, like, you know, look at stock exchange or another investment or, or in the bond? And Mr. Moodley, are you still working? You say you, you, you've got a small yes. income? Yes, yes, I'm still working. Okay, just remember that any payment you make to a bond comes with after-tax rands. You first earn the money, you then pay the tax, and then you're left with the surplus. So I really believe at age 67, get your, extinguish your bond, put the money into your bond. When you take, you're paying somewhere between 10 to 11. The, the, the bond rate at the moment, prime, is 11.75. So maybe, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe you're getting your bond at one below prime, at 10.75. But that 10.75 is, is, is the rate before tax. So it's a phenomenal rate to be putting money into your bond. And it's not only you that I'm talking to. I'm talking to all our listeners this morning. If you've got surplus cash and you've got a bond and you put it into your bond, it's equivalent to getting a return of of after tax of between 10.5% and 11.5%. So I'm all in favor in getting extinguishing bonds. Certainly by the time you get retirement, you don't want to have a bond. And then you talk about gearing, because when you start borrowing from your your bond and making other investments, you spoke about the stock exchange. The stock exchange has got risks. Your bond's got no risk. You know exactly what you're getting. And I think if you're getting a 10.5% after tax return, by paying your bond, I don't think you should be looking. You need to look for much more than that. You know, if you talk about over a three-year period, that's a 35% return. Uh, if you can achieve a 35% return in markets, you're doing exceptionally well. So while interest rates are, are this level, certainly be putting it into your bond. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mr. Mr. Moodley. Thank All you. Right. Thank you so Bye. much, Thanks, Mr. Kathy. Moodley. Kakiso, in, in Kruger's job, I'm going to try to squeeze you in here. Good morning. Good morning, Kathy and Dr. Brian. Uh, my question will be quick. I was Kathy. I'm 52 years old, and then uh, I've got a debt cover. And I was told recently by my financial advisor that I can buy a retirement annuity. And then uh, so that at age 65, I'll be able to, like, pay it to me as a kind of um, retirement. And then how much minimum can I contribute to that retirement annuity? Well, you mentioned I, death cover. You think you're giving up your policy? Hello, Brian. Are you thinking of giving up the life policy? No, no, no. He, okay. he says that. Uh, okay. Yes, yeah. Okay. Well, look, look you, 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 can, you can contribute anything up to 27.5% of your taxable income. So for every 100,000, you can contribute 27,500 to a retirement fund. But that is number also includes any other contributions that you're making to a pension or provident fund. So it's not in isolation retirement. Yet. It includes mm. all the other investments. You must decide if I've got 20,000 or 30,000 spare, uh, what's your taxable income? Yes, taxable income is, I mean, a government around that 27, 27%. Okay, so your tax is 27%. So that's what you're going yes. to save. So if you put 10,000 rand into retirement annuity, look, you're not going to get a great return, 
for the next three years. But the beauty is yeah. that whatever you put in, you'll be able to take out tax-free in term, terms of at age 65, bearing in mind that whatever you take out of your government pension fund, the one-third in cash also accumulates towards that 550,000 rand. So you may, you may be able to get it out of the retirement fund, but you still may pay tax because you may be drawing more than 550,000 from your government pension fund being the one-third in cash. But if your financial advisor has done the numbers and, and and explain to you exactly what the tax position will be today and what the tax position will be at in three years' time, and he's satisfied and he's giving you the right advice. We're all governed by phase, which says provide right advice based on the cir- individual circumstances. All right. Thank you. Fantastic. All right, Kahi, so all the best, all the best. Um, Brian, there's another question that I wanted to ask you here. Um, and Eleanor is, somebody is asking if it's safe for them to have um, 4 million rand in a retirement annuity. Yes, it's absolutely safe. Because remember, whatever's happening in the retirement fund, whatever growth is occurring, wherever the investment's all tax-free, absolutely safe. It's absolutely protected. You have no fear whatsoever where it is, uh, unless it's in some some obscure uh, company. But if it's as long as it's in a branded, well-established pension company, uh, investment house, then it's absolutely safe. Uh, and you've just got to determine when you're going to draw the funds, how you're going to draw the funds, and how the funds are invested. Are they growth-orientated? Are they income-orientated? How? All right. Brian, we've come to the end of the show. Your radio line, please. 011-880-4888. I'll repeat that. 011-880-4888. Two favors. One, please let me know where you're calling from. And two, give me numbers where I can reach you. So when I try and call and I can't get hold of you, I can pass your question on to someone in your region. All right. And, of course, all the questions we didn't get to, we will forward those to Brian. It's 11 o'clock.